What up? It is the Everything is Marketing podcast. My name is Eric Hulkerin. Today, we talk Jeff Leach, we talk targeting, we talk Thanksgiving, and we talk Ex Mahina. If you've not seen Ex Mahina, you should go rent it immediately. Or if Mahina is too hard, go rent Ex Machina. Either of those. It's the Everything is Marketing podcast. Marketers ruin everything. Welcome to the Everything is Marketing podcast. What I don't want to do is to pretend this is show number one. What would the hero of your life's movie do right now? Do that. Do those things. It is the Everything is Marketing podcast. My name is Eric Hulkerin, and welcoming back to the podcast, Jeff Leach is here. Uh, we've been talking this week how we would eventually get around to you talking about targeting because we're in the holiday mode, and lots of people are trying to figure out, marketers right now are trying to figure out what is going to happen this week and going forward, I, I just read an article on BuzzFeed today that Google is using 2014 searches to predict what's going to happen on Thursday and Friday and have guessed that actually the peak time, if you're going shopping, so this will be your pro tip from the podcast for this week, the peak time is going to be actually Thanksgiving, not Black Friday. So more people now are scooching that Thanksgiving upwards. But I've been explaining sort of what you guys do, and, and this is going to be very high-level explanation, so feel free to correct my actual science behind this. <laughs> okay. But the way in which marketers can use targeting in whatever ad platform that you want to use is a lot like figuring out what you actually want for Christmas before you've said it out loud. Yeah, I'd say some of those things, you know, but at the same time, uh, you know, and maybe it's just restating it a different way, is, is trying to get that person what they really want, even though they didn't actually say it. You know, so indirectly identifying what exactly you need to accomplish what you're looking for, if so, that makes any sense. Yeah, so when we're dealing with targeting, this is talking about the, the ways, and you were just talking before we started the podcast about running a search on who does Google think I am, and that um, it changes when you interact with your first screen device being the, the cell phone and your laptop, and it adapts to whatever those searches are. And then this idea that we'll get to in a, in a couple minutes of gender when it comes to your, your searches. But start first with, as a marketer, what's the baseline for this? Like, where should you start before you get into the weeds and start talking about how do I guess your Christmas present before you even know <laughs> that it exists? Right. You know, the hard part with, uh, with targeting, especially, you know, with online, is that a lot of people want to jump right into hyper-targeting. So they think about the exact person that they want. Uh, and because there is a lot of data and because we can do a lot of cool, creepy things with targeting... People want to jump right into that and only target that to minimize their waste, essentially. But what we've found is that that's not always the right thing to do because, you know, and we can look at that, you know, in just a minute. But, you know, the activities, your computer isn't exactly you. Your computer doesn't reference and, and have the same information that identifies, accurately identifies you as a person, as a human being. Um, and as I'm looking at it right now, and like I said in, before the podcast, um, my computer, you know, and literally if you go to Google and type in, who does Google think I am, you can find a link and it'll read your cookies and show you what Google thinks your computer is. And on here, I mean, some of the stuff is right, but, you know, birds is on here. You know, I mean, I'm not really that into the, birds. The movie or the animal? No, I mean, I'm more into the movie than the animal. <laughs> uh, but, so I guess I'm into the animal attacking human beings makes me like, <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know. Uh, I'd like to welcome our bird overlord. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, there's some things in here, you know, country music. And, uh, you know, these are things that I'm not technically interested in. Um, but Google thinks I am based on the activities of my computer. Now, sometimes my computer gets a little bit off because of the research I do for work. But, you know, we have to keep in mind that the computer that you're on is not you. It has some things that are very similar to you, and it demonstrates behaviors that you conduct, but it is not you. 
So you need to try to figure out as you're targeting, how do I actually reach these human beings, not just those devices? So that's the hard part. I guess, you know, a long answer to your question is, is that now we don't just hyper target people. We don't just go after the, you know, an example I have, uh, a somewhat recent example was there was a, a retailer that wanted to target women, 2554, household income of 100,000 plus, primary household shopper. You know, it's a very specific target. But the reality is, is that this retailer, they sold groceries. So you don't have to be 25 to 54 to buy groceries. You don't have to have 100,000 plus income to buy groceries. You don't have to be a primary household shopper to influence that person, especially during this time of year. And at the same time, my wife is a lot of those things, not all of those things, but is a lot of those things. And most importantly, is a shopper of this large retailer. Unfortunately, her computer doesn't say she's all those things. So since her computer doesn't say she's all those things, this advertiser actually missed reaching one of the most important targets that they're looking to reach during this time of year. So we have to keep in mind, no matter who you are, just because you can target a specific way doesn't mean you should. So when do you pivot? When do you figure out, you know, with this campaign specifically, I understand that we made a pivot and kind of cast a wider net as a marketer where where is that point where you go okay this is not this hyper target of a guy wearing a dark gray shirt who drinks a particular brand of water and drives this car is not doing it we need to look at men 2554 right well you know maybe not even that broad but yeah open it a little bit you know for this specific example you know we we had to be reactive to the situation so um we were forced into it because we couldn't deliver our campaign so we had to say look you either you know you have a few options when you can't deliver your campaign and one of those is opening up the targeting so we started to drop off you know take off the primary household shopper and we noticed that delivery went up but also engagement went up so then we said well if that happened what happens if we drop household income. We dropped it and the same thing happened. Then we dropped the age and the same thing happened. So what we started to realize, especially with this marketer, um, and, and not all there are the same, but the less we actually tried to target, the better we were reaching their market and the more engaging the customers and the, and the consumers that we were reaching, the more engaged they were. So we were reactive to the campaign in that specific scenario. However, moving forward, we're more proactive in the way we build these. So now we actually build what we call a layered targeting strategy. We have a very hyper-targeted layer of the campaign. We have a little less targeted layer of the campaign. So uh, again, we might go with the hyper-target of women, 2554, all that stuff I just said. Uh, Then we might also go with, you know, uh, just the DMA or the geography and women. And then depending upon the advertiser, you know, we might have a third layer that's just the geography to reach the market. And if you really think about it, especially with the way our campaigns integrate with a lot of traditional media and a lot of other things as well, is a lot of those other media, they are not doing the job of targeting. They're doing the job of mass marketing and awareness. Top of the funnel. Top of the funnel. So, you know, we need to consider that and remember that, you know, impressions and display advertising and some of the targeting we're doing is we're always trying to push that upper funnel lower and lower and lower. But we have to keep in mind that it's our job isn't to try to continue to push it all the way down, right? So we have to kind of bridge that gap in between upper funnel, lower funnel, and really play that space quite well to hopefully try and move people down through it. So let's let's spend a minute there. So our job isn't to push it all the way through. Is that the retailer's job then to finish the, the funnel, so to speak? If you get the person next to the cash register... Right? Is it their job to convert? Is that how is that how you're going to view this? Yeah. Well, I think you've taken it all the way down the funnel. So absolutely. I mean, um, I think again. Well, I, I say that not to cut you off, but I say that because you know that you're going to get into a situation where a client has that happen, and then the right hook doesn't happen. Sure. And who are they? They're not going to blame themselves. Sure. 
right? They're yeah. going to blame us. Well, a good friend of ours once said, good marketing will ruin a bad business. You know? <laughs> right. Uh, so I would say, again, uh, this, no matter what we're talking about, and we're talking about targeting, but you know, whatever medium we're talking about, whether that's display advertising, and again, I specialize in the digital branding aspects, uh, pre-roll video, online video, mobile, all that stuff, has just a specific piece within that marketing uh, ecosystem, right? So your traditional media, your mass media, you know, these aspects we're talking about here, connecting with those lower funnel, you know, automation programs or search marketing, all those things, they all play a part together. So it's like, at what point does this one pass off to the lower funnel strategies? Because we know that the consumer's journey is not but on one medium, right? right. So it's just a piece of this, this puzzle. So we have to understand, I think, how to the more we try to take these types of strategies, specifically display advertising, and try to push them all the way down to the lower funnel, doing the work of our lower funnel marketing, I think I think we're getting away from what it's designed to do. Now, I think there's pieces of that. Retargeting, pieces of our hyper-targeting can play lower funnel pieces, you know, but we have to keep in mind that this fits, you know, in that mid-upper funnel area, and we've got to play that area extremely well. So when you talk about playing it extremely well, you have... KPIs, key performance indicators, depending yep. on what your client you're dealing with, or actually a return on investment ROI. One of the things that most of those metrics don't take into account is one of my favorite theories that I attribute to you, probably not invented by you, but I attribute to you, which is this idea of the gender confusion of your devices. Can you explain a little bit about what that is and how that happens? Yeah, I mean, a lot goes into that because there's a lot of you know um, data. So uh, the way you target people online is is either first or third party data, and, and a lot of it's third party data. So you do a lot of things in your everyday life, online, offline, that are that are collecting data, and that's being purchased and used in a way to target you specifically. So with the gender, the problem we have with the gender is that the only way you can actually identify gender is if somebody identifies it themselves and proclaims it themselves, or if we infer what your gender is. Oftentimes, I would say, even us, we don't infer a lot. You know, we, we try to use a lot of activities to help us understand who you are, but um, unless you are, again, collecting that information like Facebook or in some cases, you know, Google and so forth, unless they're actually collecting your gender information, your gender is, is actually really difficult to identify. And based on a lot of the activities and the way we build our custom audiences and targets, more often than not, it's not nearly as relevant. You know, so this is why a lot of times in our data, as we're looking at, at uh, profiles, audience profiles, most of the time they're 50, 50. And in fact, you know, again, as we discussed before the podcast, you know, when I go to who does Google think I am, Google knows I'm, I'm a male. I mean, I'm logged in, you know, but at the same time, because I'm not logged in under my actual profile, my personal profile, I'm actually logged in under uh, a work profile right now. Right. And so, um, it thinks it doesn't know if I'm male or female. It's got my age pretty close, but doesn't know if I'm male or female. So, you know, you've always got to keep in mind that unless you specifically tell these data sources, you know, what gender you are, you know, more often than not, inferring is not the best way to do it. And, and so gender becomes less and less important in how we target people. Well, and, and the thing that we were talking about before the podcast started is as we're heading into the holiday season, you're obviously going, your computer is going to change its buying habits. Yep. You're going to buy for your wife. So it's going to throw off the cookies to a degree if you haven't told it i i'm a guy right yep. so when you're targeting the idea of gender as you just said just becomes less and less important because especially when you're dealing with christmas you, you can't hit you've got to do a 50 50 because that's going to flop back and forth depending on who you are and what you're shopping for yep absolutely you know and and this kind of also goes into what we were talking about earlier about you know kind of direct targeting and indirect targeting we were talking about this recently with um you know and we do this a lot in the b2b space the 
B2B is really difficult to target people online um, because trying to find the, um, you know, the human resources person or trying to find the engineer inside of an organization who's going to make those purchase decisions on, you know, my friend sells laser beams and sensors for an organization. Right. Somebody buys those, <laughs> right. right? But to find that person online, it's not like they just sit around all the time and they Google and they, and they search and they consume and they buy engineering products on their computer. So, you know, we cannot act accurately directly target those people. If we can, we will. I mean, we have some, some B2B buckets that talk about, you know, employed engineering, things like that. So there are some targets where we would create a campaign or a layer of that to directly target those people. But you have to kind of step back and ask yourself. I mean, even in the person in the space, I have to step back and ask myself, what is that engineer interested in? You know, let's 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 just go right down there. I mean, you can, you can stereotype these people. I mean, oftentimes you can. And so by working with the advertiser or the salespeople that call on these people, what are they interested in? You know, that engineer could be interested in sci-fi films and star Wars. That engineer could be interested in specific type or could be using specific types of devices. Maybe they're not, you know, uh, iPhone people, maybe they're Android people. You know I mean? There's lots of things you can say about it. if you were really to sit down and say, what are those engineers interested in? What types of things would they be doing on their computer um, that we can target people with as opposed to just saying, I need to go after that male 25 to 44 employed engineer at this type of organization who has a bachelor's degree, you know, because that direct targeting won't be as effective as really trying to identify the types of activities that engineer might do. So since you're getting into the gnarly stuff, which is kind of my favorite (laughs) stuff, what what are some of the things that you can do to, and I'll just pick a thing out of the air with said engineer, you know, how do you go about starting to figure out that they drink Coke Zero versus Mountain Dew, right? Like, because, and, and I'm using one that people can understand, but there's much more obtuse things that we could guess about somebody to find them in an organization. But distinguishing between two different brands of sugar water, how would you how do you begin to build that segment and where do you start with the research? Well, there's lots, there's lots that goes into kind of making that kind of granular, um, you know, decision, you know, what but I, it's possible. It's possible. Yeah. So, you know, first the things that we do is we, we establish, you know, site profile pixels that help us understand it. And we do audience exploration so we can understand of the traffic already going to your website. What are they interested in? What types of things at a, at a high level are they interested in? You know, uh, literature or, uh, you know, science or what types of things are these people interested in? Again, you just kind of, you continue to go down that rabbit hole of the things, you know, deeper than that. And so to explain to people, a tracking pixel is essentially something when you go to this website that's looking for engineers, they take that piece of data with them as they travel throughout the internet and it feeds your audience profile. Yeah. So what it's doing is that, you know, again, if I go to, you know, the website and I pick up that pixel, now, what we can do is we can see of all the people who have that pixel, we run it through a system, our data management platform, which we talked about before. We run it through that system and read what do all the people with that pixel look like? What other pixels are on that device? And what does that profile look like? So it's essentially trying to say, whoever has this pixel, match it up with all the other data we have and tell us what is that person, what does that person look like? What does that group of people look like? And it tells us the things, the affinities and interests that they have. So that starts to help understand who these people are a little bit. But then, you know, to get to the kind of point you're talking to, I think there's a lot of things that come into testing things on these audiences to see what they're really interested in. You know, and that's where we get into creative optimization, all those things like this ad or this ad, this size or this size, this device or this device. You know, you start to really play around with trying to identify exactly where they are. I mean, really, now you're just starting to kind of narrow that down. Sure. And what's fascinating about this, I think if you're, 
um, a casual listener of this podcast or somebody who just consumes digital media in some way, shape, or form, I think you live under this assumption that there is just reams of data, a tsunami of data everywhere. And heretofore, we should be able to find Jeff Leach anywhere he goes, anything that he does, any time of day. And you know, listening, for, listening to you for the last 15 minutes, we're, we're not there yet. So my question would be, in your best guess, is that three years away? Is that eight years away? Is that a decade away? Because right now, when you talk to people, it's a boon for the industry. We've never had more data on consumers than we have right now. We've been, I mean, Google is literally able to tell you down to the hour what will be the peak time people will be in a retail location mm -hmm. between Thanksgiving and Black Friday. That's an incredible thing to say if you went back 10 years and tried to tell somebody in 2005 we were going to be able to do this, right? But we're still not at the point where I can draw a picture of what you're wearing right now and what you did all day long and serves you an ad that talks about what happened in your life and how I would make your life better. Right. Give me future Jeff Leach and where targeting is going. Well, let me, let me start that by talking about the challenges that we have with why we're not there already. You know, and, and some of the things we have are, I mean, obviously we're continually more and more a mobile world, right? And so the challenges we have is all that massive data you talk about is primarily hinged upon the third-party pixel, the third-party cookie, third-party data. Um, and a lot of that cookie, that a lot of that information breaks down on mobile devices. So, you know, we can't just apply all of the, the historical information, the historical strategies, the historical data we've had to this new mobile world. Would, so, it, would it be fair to say, though, that this device, I'm holding in my hand a smartphone for those of you who aren't watching this because yeah. you can't, um, would be more personal, though, than the laptop. So you would think at some point this would become vastly easier. It becomes vastly much more accurate. Absolutely. So the challenge you have right now is, as you just described, I mean, we're even talking about this recently with the number of browsers, the number of devices consumers have. Um, <laughs> right. The more, it's, I mean, again, it's insane. It's insane. It's, I mean, I'm using, there are still people that use AOL. Just saying. That's true. Actually, the other day we ran, <laughs> we ran a report that showed that there's still people that use Netscape and I'm not even sure how that's possible, but, <laughs> but just so you know, I mean, we can target them if we need to. Terrific. Uh, do we use Dogpile to do that too? Uh, perhaps. <laughs> so, you know, but with this, you know, obviously lots of different browsers, lots of different devices. The more fragmentation you have on those things, the more difficult it is to pass that data. So as a consumer, this journey we talk about across medium, across devices, across browsers, to us as a consumer is seamless. But you have to imagine that the targeting data and the ability for that data to follow you around seamlessly is not that easy. So, you know, Google's world, and we again, we always talk about, you know, people like uh, companies like Google because of the vast amount of data they have and the fact that you log in and use their product and you use their services on multiple devices. That allows them to collect that first-party data, allows them to really understand, you know, without having to use all these different, um, you know, third-party you know, pixels and things like that, allows them a much different level of data and access to who you are and to find you across multiple devices than other, uh, than other companies. So the future, as you ask, to me is about figuring out a better way to track people than just third-party uh, pixels and third-party cookies, a better way based on some first-party data, and also really connecting you know, that information, again, cross-device to the mobile device, which is continually more difficult. So you know, again, not just relying on these third-party pixels, and then, you know, retargeting people and so forth. Sure. You know, that's the future is really trying to figure out, again, how to accurately target people, you know, on the mobile device. And with the mobile device, we're getting more and more focused on, you know, the specific and strategic uh, way that we utilize geotargeting. 
you know, and retargeting from the mobile device. So again, we're even actually less concerned about behavior um, on the mobile device because of the third-party pixel issue. We're more concerned about um, content and most specifically geo, you know. And so the more we can granulate geo target to identify actual people in your location, you know, and how to move those people around and message those people, that's that's kind of where we're, you know, where we're utilizing different targeting strategies on the mobile space versus you know, a laptop. Do you think the breakthrough though, I mean, logically, if I was thinking out loud, the breakthrough is coming from Google or Facebook, right? Yeah. I mean, I always kind of tend to think that those are going to be the, the industry leaders in that area because they have the most data. They have some of the things that they can do to push that forward. But what I've, and what you've been reading and seeing is that again, it's not, it's not even so much their data. What they're doing right now is the same stuff we're working on too, is taking customer data and integrated it into their system. So yeah, customer guess, match and... Yeah, what I was saying is, you know, from a seamless perspective, not so much Google, because Google is still dealing with the ghost of you versus the actual you, because there's eight people on Google+, Plus, right? Despite how much it forces you to log into that, sure. you're not actually using it in the same way you use Facebook. But when you look at Facebook, you're opting into a lot of things that begin to narrow the search down for you, for us, I should say, to make it a lot easier. So I guess that's why I say Facebook, because it seems like you're giving as much first-party data as you can possibly give in a 24-hour period, and that seems to me where the breakthrough might come as they're, they know they built the brand for a mobile device. Yeah, not only that, but I mean, so I'm constantly logged in, um, and I rarely go to Facebook on my desktop, but it knows you know who I am and where I log in. I'm always logged into Facebook on my phone, and then how many other, how many other apps am I logged in via Facebook? Sure. So all that information, all that data, yeah, Facebook gets to collect and understands all that about me. Um, you know, the question we'll always have is, you know, Facebook, and it seems the bigger they get, the more the more tighter they are with some of their data and the way that they use some of that stuff. So how do we as, you know, um, as local marketers, as everyday marketers without relying on the on, on Facebook to do this work for us, how do we do some of those things without just using the Facebook platform? You know, I think that's some of the challenges we continue to have. But yeah, Facebook absolutely has a lot of that data, you know, and they're collecting it and they have their own uh, their own, you know, ad server and all kinds of different stuff like that. So I think the question, like you just said, is how do we do that outside of the world of Facebook? And in what will Facebook do, you know, to really, like you said, break through that gap of not relying on, you know, third party data and how are they, how are they going to use that effectively across mobile devices? Well, because it seems like as we're leaning uh, more towards it, I mean, it's what it's going to be almost $2 trillion in holiday spend happens on a mobile device this year, which will be around 40% of the total holiday spend. And then by the end of that, so when we get to the end of December, how many pieces of wearable technology will be in the ecosystem that weren't as of right now when we're talking on a Tuesday before Thanksgiving? And then how does that wearable technology, which we're all excited about the data that comes out of it, how does that further fragment your understanding of what that individual does? Because maybe, I don't know, my wife took the watch for a day. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, as you just talk about that stuff, I mean, it almost makes my head hurt because, <laughs> because literally this week, you know, we've been breaking down, you know, audience sizes in our DMP trying to understand how some of this data can be so large, you know, because there are so many browsers, because there are so many devices and because there are multiple people in a home, all those things lead up to multiple data points, you know, for each individual. So like you just said before, you know, sometimes the problem is so much data. And filtering through all that stuff, you know, and that's kind of where we're at right now is really trying to figure out, 
you know, the quantity of data is important, of course, but the quality of data and really understanding how to sort through it and use it the most effective way, that's, that's where we are right now, trying to understand the best way to use that data, the smartest way to use it. And like I said in the earlier, the best way we've found so far is to create, you know, side-by-side comparisons and just watch what's happening and then optimize and adjust as we start to see things happen um, to narrow down what works for this advertiser versus that one. Jeff Leach joining us from the MLI Media Group. As always, my friend, thank you. Thank you. Have a great Thanksgiving. You too.